Hey listeners, we are back with another episode of Can't Stop Snapping. Thank you for tuning in once again. Just want to bring up a couple of things before we get started today. As I've mentioned in previous episodes, we are expecting an update or a patch to the app. Uh, The developers haven't given us an exact date or time or anything like that. I'm sure they're keeping that under wraps to make sure they can meet whatever deadline they've set internally. Uh, But we do expect it out this week. Uh, All signs and all uh, official posts have said that they're expecting this week for that patch, that update to release. So we will be covering that in our Thursday episode on June 30th. So stay tuned for that. Make sure to follow the podcast to capture our thoughts on that. Lastly, before we jump into today's episode, today is our first ever depth face-off. You'll learn more about what that is once we jump into the the core uh, content of the episode. But uh, there will be some participation asked for from listeners on this episode. So in order to participate, make sure to go follow us on the official Twitter at can't underscore stop underscore snap. We will be running a poll there. Uh, We also will be running a poll on the official Reddit and on the official Discord uh, for your thoughts on today's episode and and who brought the best deck. Uh, Again, we will get into that more during the discussion with our guest hosts today, but appreciate you listening as always. And thanks for tuning in. Hey listeners, we are back with another episode of Can't Stop Snapping. This is our first episode where we are joined by more than one guest, and this is our first official Can't Stop Snapping deck face-off episode. So we are joined today by two wonderful guests, one returning guest and one new guest. First, we are joined by Andy Rich. Uh, Andy has been on the podcast before. Uh, As you'll remember, Andy has been streaming the game over on Twitch TV very frequently since the game released into beta. Also, Andy, if you'll remember, uh, was an alpha player of the game. So he brings a ton of knowledge and experience uh, with the game to the table and to the conversation. Uh, Andy, thank you for being on again. Oh, heck yeah, man. I'm super excited for this. Yeah, we are excited to have you back on. Uh, And then we are joined by a first time guest, Paper. Paper has also been streaming the game over on his Twitch. Uh, he's been climbing the ladder. He's been playing a lot of decks. He's also been posting decks in the official uh, Discord and talking strategy with a lot of the players. Paper, thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Yeah, well, we are excited to have both of you. So I will just kind of lay out the rules, lay out the format for the listeners. So we are going to have Andy and Paper have basically a deck face-off of who has brought the best deck to the to the table today, who can defend their deck the best against rebuttal. And then uh, we will describe this at the end, but basically we're going to have you, the listeners, vote on who you think has the best deck and defended their deck the best on today's episode. So the format we will follow, we will be starting with Andy. We are going to give Andy five minutes that he can use. He can use all the time. He can finish early if he'd like to walk us through the cards in his deck, uh, the win con, the strategy that, that he sees in this deck, maybe some of the, uh, the uh, you know, other decks that this deck may counter, et cetera. We're just going to give him five minutes to talk up his deck and tell us why it's a great deck. Then uh, we will turn back to me and paper. We are going to take two to three minutes for rebuttal. We're going to try to poke holes, uh, point out, you know, counter decks to his strategy. We're going to try to ask questions that, you know, maybe will set him up for, uh, you know, what are maybe some of the cons of his deck. And then ultimately we will turn back to Andy and give him a couple more minutes for his defense. You know, how can he plug the holes that maybe we have poked into his strategy? 
uh, and we'll see how well he can defend that. And then we will follow that same format and we will turn the table to uh, paper. We'll let him, you know, talk to uh, his deck and his strategy. And then Andy and I will poke holes, et cetera. And that's the format we will be following. So without further ado, Andy, we will turn the time over to you. You have uh, approximately five minutes from when I finish talking to walk us through the cards, the strategy, your deck, and why you think this is the winning deck today. Awesome. All right. So this deck is called, oh my God, there's two of them. Uh, and it relies on the classic Mystique card. Now, I, I, I'm so sick of playing this this Carnage Collector, you know, Nova, all this, uh, this stuff because it gets boring. And I'm looking for something that's interesting. So this is an ongoing deck. Deck list is Ant-Man, Uatu, Mojo, Devil, Dinosaur, Mystique, Mr. Fantastic. Ooh, he might come out. I was doing that for a season quest. But uh, Moon Girl, actually, he's pretty useful. Moon Girl, Jubilee, Warpath, Iron Man, Claw, America Chavez. Until maybe I get Rogue. See, I, even I don't have all the cards yet. But uh, the point of this deck is you can essentially copy your Devil Dinosaur, your Iron Man, your Claw. All these are huge, huge uh, dupe, dupes to, to get, especially if you you already have Devil Dinosaur on the board. You play Iron Man turn five, and it's all of a sudden, oh, my God, there's two of them. You know, that's the, the whole point of the deck. Uh, Uatu... Uh, is so I know what locations are going to happen. Uh, I have Warpath in there. He needs the location to be empty. So the point of this deck is I'm not playing on all three locations. I, I have to look to see if there's a chance that cards could play themselves at other locations. I want to make sure Warpath, get, Warpath gets his buff. He's a nine power card if he gets his buff for four energy. It's insane. So essentially, we have a couple of location controls as well. Just want to check my time. Okay, perfect. Uh, Couple location controls. That's the uh, claw and the Mister Fantastic. You need that if you're not going to run uh, a card that can move, especially on those locations where um, you can't play there or it becomes flooded. You know, everyone's second favorite card. Um, you're looking for a Jubilee. It's a really great counter against the waves. Uh, the the wave deck. Um, it's hopefully going to pull your Chavez pretty frequently if you're playing Chavez and not Rogue. Um, the America Chavez can get drawn off the top of your deck, but it, it, it usually just sits there uh, and you draw the second card uh, while it's there. Anyway, I think that's the sum of it. I have Mojo in there. He's a really strong two cost. Uh, but, and then obviously Moon Girl has a plethora of targets to duplicate if, if you don't get Mystique. Or maybe you get two Mystiques and two Devil Dinosaurs and now you have four devil dinosaurs i'll have to rename the deck for that but that's all i got well awesome so we will turn to our uh to our rebuttal phase now so we will we'll put three minutes on the clock here um you know and paper you know you, you and me will just kind of jump back and forth you start um we're just going to kind of go questions um concerns things we think that could counter your deck uh, Andy, this will be your chance to kind of listen, take your notes and think of, okay, yeah, maybe they're pointing out some good things. And then we will give you some time at the end after us to uh, basically say, you know, why why our concerns aren't a big deal and why your deck is still pretty solid. So Paper, we'll turn it over to you to start us off. Yeah, so, I mean, I think pretty obviously Enchantress counters this deck quite hard. Um, 
if you're only targeting two lanes as well, if you're running the, the Warpath, um, trying to maintain his buff, uh, the enemies Enchantress only realistically has to hit one of two lanes to effectively win that lane, and then they play just one thing in the last lane, and they can they can win that game pretty easily. Uh, so you do have to kind of balance the Warpath, I guess. Um, also, Warpath at nine power, if you're going to keep him on the board, uh, if you play him on turn four, that's a prime Shang-Chi target. Um, obviously, Devil Dinosaur is as well, but with the fluctuating hand sizes and stuff, Devil Dinosaur kind of dodges Shang-Chi sometimes. But um, if you're trying to duplicate Warpath uh, at all with Mystique, then you're going to run into an issue there. Uh, but yeah, it's mainly, I guess, if you're only going to play two zones with this deck, if you are drawing Warpath consistently, that's kind of where I see the glaring issue if you're just leaving one zone empty. Yeah, I think you point out some good things, paper. Some of the, I had some of the I had some of the same thoughts, Andy. So I'm interested to see what you say in, in rebuttal to that. You know, I think um, obviously you're not going to play a word path every game, right? So I guess you have that going for you, right? You have he's not your only win con, right? It sounds like you have some other things you can duplicate, etc. You're trying to play into kind of have multiple strategies. So I get that. I guess I just wonder. You know, I worry about the pivot ability right um because maybe you are playing to those two lanes anticipating maybe using warpath right you you don't know maybe you haven't drawn him yet or you're not sure if you're gonna play him or not but i just wonder like do you feel confident that you can pivot now maybe you do maybe you say well i can get a bunch of dinosaurs and, and flood the board uh at the end of the game you know maybe not i don't know uh that would be a concern of mine i agree with the shang chi criticism i know that's been uh, kind of the bane of my existence. You know, I've been playing Shang-Chi in my decks, but then also when I try to play bigger decks, uh, I mean, he's definitely a great counter, right? Uh, with Against my dinosaurs, against, um, you know, I like to play Infinite. You're not playing Infinite in this deck, but I just think anything that's big, anything that's hitting that nine power over uh, at the end of the game, I mean, somebody can just flip. So I don't think you have armor in the deck. I don't remember. Correct me if I'm wrong once you get here. But uh maybe you don't have kind of that defense against some of these things that people would be playing to counter your deck. So I'm interested to see, I don't know, just like how you feel like you can defend against some of these key cards that people are playing and how you feel like this is a good pivotable deck. So we will turn the time back over to you. Let me just reset the clock here. We will give you up to an additional three minutes to kind of see uh, what what's your defense to some of our concerns. Excellent. So I, uh, the Enchantress card, is an awesome card uh but remember it only applies on the turn that it's played early in this uh comp if they play enchantress too early now it's you know you just throw a bigger card warpath isn't really the win kind of this deck though it's it's more of the ability to duplicate to any one of those two cards you have a you have a high likelihood to draw one of the win conditions and the ability to multiply that um jubilee is really your option there on turn four for warpath jubilee has a higher likelihood to draw america chavez the longer the turns go on because remember you're drawing the top card of your deck and wherever america chavez is in that deck eventually once she gets to the top you just draw the, the next card down so she sits at the top of the deck a lot for this and what's wrong with jubilee drawing iron man or Devil Dinosaur as well. Um, that's that's. I, I also haven't really seen much Enchantress lately. Um, Enchantress doesn't stop Nova 
And I've noticed a lot of the meta has revolved around uh, either stopping Nova Carnage uh, or like maybe an interesting wave deck or something around Jubilee. So other big cards trying to beat your big cards. Um, finally, what was the, was the oh, Shang-Chi. Um, he's an interesting card. You have to keep everything below nine. Um, and that's doable with Devil Dinosaur because remember, you can always hold Moon Girl in hand to the last turn. A lot of this uh, action comes at the on the last turn because you're never really playing that America Chavez on turn six. Usually she's already out because of Jubilee. You want to be playing Devil Dinosaur, Moon Girl, something like that. Um, but your cards stay small. So I've actually had a location uh, where I had, uh, I think it was like Mr. Fantastic, Iron Man. And then I had like double Iron Man. Might have not been Mr. Fantastic. I think it was a different card. But uh, it was uh, it was kind of crazy that turn. So the, I think the important thing is knowing where you're going to play. Uh, knowing if your opponent has one of those counters, those are really the two big counters to this deck. But can you avoid it? I mean, Iron Man is a zero, uh, zero power. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I will say that, at least personally, I've been running into, or I, I've been running Enchantress, Shang-Chi, and Armor in almost all of my decks. I don't know if that's necessarily good, but just the way the current meta is, with both Carnage Nova plus Devil Dinosaur, I've just... I feel like having one card for each of the problem cards that I'm that I run into often. Shang-Chi for the big wave decks, Enchantress for Devil Dinosaurs, and then obviously Armor for Carnage Nova. Um, I feel like those are three pretty splashable cards in uh, in our decks at this point in the meta. Yeah. Well, Andy, uh, that we did hear the ding. Um, we did we we ate into the last twenty seconds of your time. Is there any last final sentence or statement you'd like to make about this deck? Yeah, I guess I'd, I'd say, like, if you were running those three cards, and they are brilliant in this meta because they stop a lot of things, you have to remember you're giving up um, you're giving up power to, to hopefully counter. So if your counters don't go off correctly, um, it still gives me a way to weasel in a lot with these cards that affect other locations, things like that. But more importantly, am I ever going to run into your deck? I mean, it, it's like the perfect counter to my deck, but my deck isn't ruling the meta right now. It's yeah. nobody's playing my deck. That's the biggest difference is no one is playing that. They're, they're running counters for other shit and playing a couple of cards they've never even seen before, it throws people off. They don't know if they should Enchantress now or later, but the board's pretty full by turn six. And if they fill a location and they can't put an Enchantress or Shang-Chi there, I mean, that's a sign to just go wild. Yeah. Well, that, that's a great point, and and I think you gave a great defense to some of our some of our biggest concerns. So, we will turn the tables now. So we will uh, put five minutes on the clock. We are going to turn turn this over to Paper next. Um, he will have the same five minutes. Uh, I'm just pulling up his deck now, so we can view it as we're conversing here. Uh, but we will give him five minutes. Um, to kind of defend his deck and talk us through it and we will see what see what we think so paper the time is yours all right well my deck is called death pool and it 
pretty much revolves around killing Deadpool over and over again uh, using Carnage, Venom, Killmonger, Arnim Zola. Um, so this is a deck that I have been trying to run. Unfortunately, I do not have the cards for it yet. Um, I'm missing a few of these, but the, the deck uh, runs like this. Uh, you have Deadpool, Nova as your one drops, Bucky Barnes, Beast, Carnage, and Wolverine as your two drops, Venom, Killmonger, and Moon Girl as your three drops, Magic as your lone five drop, Arnim Zola, and Death are your two, two biggest drops. Um, so the way this deck pretty much works is Deadpool's effect, every time he dies, his power doubles. So, or every time he's destroyed. So destruction from Carnage, from Venom, from Killmonger, um, all of those cards are going to destroy him, bring him back to your hand. He's going to have double the power. So the objective of the deck is to kill Deadpool every single turn after you play him. Uh, ideally, you're playing Deadpool turn one into a Carnage on turn two. Um, and then Deadpool again into Venom. So that's probably going to be a turn four play. Uh, and then on turn five, you can... Deadpool Killmonger, uh, and each one of these deaths is going to double him. Uh, I have Moon Girl in the deck as well, because Moon Girl can double that giant Deadpool that you've made by turn five, um, and also give you more cards to destroy him. So uh, I was actually playing a version of this earlier today. Moon Girl copying Venom is actually massive. Um, Venom's effect is incredibly strong. Uh, and then when you pair him with Beast, who returns all the cards at this location back to your hand and makes them one less cost, uh, he Venom retains that power. So even if you don't get Deadpool to be doubled over and over again, having Venom being your secondary win condition is equally as strong. Um, Venom can go upwards of like 20 power just by himself, uh, which is pretty crazy for a three drop. Um, so then lastly, I have Magic, Arnim Zola, and Death. Magic can just kind of extend the game by another turn, so you can have just another turn to kill Deadpool. Um, Arnim Zola kills one random unit at this location and duplicates them to the other two locations. So you can hit your Deadpool. Like Let's say he's like 24 power at that point. You hit him and then duplicates to two 24s on either side, and you get a, another Deadpool back to your hand, who at that point is going to be a 48 if you had him at 24 um, and he costs one. So it's just one energy to play a 48 power. If you get him that high, it's kind of crazy. Um, and then there's death in the death in the deck as well, um, who has a lower cost based on how many cards have been destroyed this game. And that accounts for both your side and your opponent's side. So Killmonger killing your opponent's one drops um, also makes your death. By the end of the game, death is most likely going to be either free or like at most three cost. So that's 12 power for three costs, which you're also dropping with a Deadpool who's probably over 20 power at one cost. And you still have two additional mana at least uh, to work with there. So that's my deck um, and that's kind of how it works. Okay, well, I will get us some time reset here on the clock. I have some interesting thoughts, but I am going to turn it over to you, Andy, to just start us off on the rebuttals questions etc uh we'll take three minutes paper you can take your notes and, and kind of see how you want to defend this and then we'll turn it back over to you after the three minutes go ahead andy so first of all paper awesome deck dude um i wish i had all those cards uh because i would definitely be playing that deck i bet it's pretty pretty uh strong in this meta the, the biggest issue is 
as uh, you were saying before, um, the deck here, uh, the meta carrying armor, Shang-Chi, Cosmo, those are all huge counters to your deck. And they're more common to be had uh, in this meta for sure. Like if, if you're running um, almost any deck, it includes one of those three cards now. So it, it's definitely a situation where um, you could run into issues, but I think I think you could probably, I mean, I can't really think of any specific decks that have a true advantage over your deck. I think really it would just have to be, I mean, getting shut down early. You also have the, the benefit of being able to retreat early before anyone snapped. But that, that goes also for your opponent. So if they see this happening and they can't fix it, they're out of there. So, I mean, it's it's interesting. But you know, I guess I, I don't know what the objective of this of these decks are if they're if they're meant to carry or if they're meant to be like uh, beat each other. Because I, I mean, I, I'd have to gather maybe you probably would beat my deck, but it would really depend on the situation. Yeah, you know, Andy, I have a couple thoughts, and I'm wondering what what you'd say to my thoughts. I mean, I agree with what you said. I think this is a cool deck. It looks like a really fun deck. I guess my worry paper is that I feel like some of these things are, are a little too situational, right? Like, okay, Deadpool. Ideally, like you said, if you're not drawing, if you don't draw him until halfway through the game, he's lost a ton of value, right? So that's one of my first worries. But you did point out, okay, you have a second wing comp. Maybe you're you're building up some big venoms, right? Uh, so I think it's always good. You always want at least two or three uh, win conditions for the deck, right? So you're you're not coming to the table only with Deadpool. Uh, similar, right? Like Venom gets the energy or the power from all the cards he he takes over, um, and you know, I guess, what is he killing here? I mean, ideally Nova, right? Ideally Nova, Nova, maybe picking up some power from Beast or Moon Girl, some of these other cards that you're just kind of playing to further and grow your cards. Um, but I guess I just worry, you know, anything, anytime you have a, a strategy that requires you to kind of in sequence, like, okay, I have to like really get ramp up over multiple turns. I just feel like there's going to be some times where it just doesn't work out the way you want. I don't know, Andy, if you'd agree, disagree with that. I just I just worry about the consistency, I guess. Uh, yeah, I guess the only thing I'd have to say about that is um, having many ways out gives you a statistically higher chance to win. So is overall power the most important if everything has to line up perfectly? Or is it better just to take a higher percentage of wins? Yeah, that's a great point. Well, we will reset the clock here. Um, you know, paper, we want to hear what, what your defense is, what you, why you think maybe you should, people shouldn't be worried about, about these criticisms or concerns and, uh, yeah, take us home here. Tell us, tell us why the deck is still a winner. All right. So, um, actually one of my main concerns, I guess I'll start off with one of my main concerns with this deck as I've been playing it on ladder has been, um, locations, actually locations tend to screw this deck over more than anything. Um, so in my current iteration, I don't have Beast, I don't have Death or Arnim Zola. I'm running, I think I'm running Scarlet Witch and Magic as my two cards that are actually removing locations that harm me. Um, so that's that's actually a massive problem that I've run into with this deck. The consistency part, um, it, it it does run into issues if you don't draw Deadpool and you don't draw Venom. Um, that's pretty unlikely. But yeah, it does slow down a bit if you don't have Deadpool in your first two turns, maybe. Um, as for armor and Cosmo, those are two definite, 
um, worries for the deck. Now, it's kind of in the same vein as locations, where um, if I run into a location that is giving me an issue, you know, maybe um, running into, what is it, Wakanda, where cards can't be destroyed there, it's kind of the same thing. If I don't have Magic or Scarlet Witch in that situation, if I run it, um, I have to avoid that lane entirely. So um, there are adjustments I can make to this deck, and mainly I'm thinking Enchantress, but um, I would need to play this deck a little bit more. In terms of Shang-Chi, uh, Shang-Chi is a problem for Venom. Shang-Chi is not a problem for Deadpool um, unless it's the final turn, because if Shang-Chi kills Deadpool, Deadpool comes right back to my hand even stronger. Um, so it actually benefits me if they kill my Deadpool. Um, and then I also have Death as an additional win con on top of Venom and Deadpool, because just dropping 12 power somewhere is, is pretty strong. And we also know uh, that Magic can be a pretty strong win con where your opponent fully commits on turn six, and then you can play Magic, you get an extra turn. Um, I can play Magic and then Deadpool on turn six and you know destroy or get another destroy potentially. Um, I'm not exactly sure how, but um, just having another turn to kind of settle my board and my opponent maybe not having that time. Um, and then my last note that I have is that Venom's death targets, everything in this deck, there's no ongoing abilities or anything. Everything in this deck is expendable. I can kill anything with Venom. My ending board more often than not in this deck has been Venom and Deadpool, maybe two Deadpools and a Venom. Um, if I moon girl something, everything feeds Venom. Um, and then Deadpool just keeps coming back over and over. So, um, Ven like I said, Venom does have the weak point of being targetable by Shang-Chi. But other than that, uh, I, I feel like this deck could be pretty consistent on ladder. Um, it's just down to whether or not you're lucky enough to draw Deadpool and Venom, which I guess you would get one or the other pretty consistently. Well, that is time. That is a that is a great uh, great defense. I think you both uh, did a good job here defending your decks. Um, you know, I think you both brought good decks to the table. Obviously, every deck is going to have weaknesses, um, and, and it talked about uh, some of the key cards: Enchantress, Armor, etc. We're kind of those uh, pretty obvious counter cards uh, are threats to your deck, but I mean, most decks today, they are, right? Um, so interesting. So, uh, you know, I'm going to lay out for the listeners here uh, how we're going to proceed with this. So um, on the day this episode airs, uh, we're going to plan to have a post on our official Twitter, which is can't underscore stop underscore snap, as well as we'll be doing posts in the official Marvel Snap Discord. And in the Marvel Snap Reddit, uh, we will basically be asking you, the listeners, and any other people that see the posts, to kind of uh, you know upvote or or uh, participate in a poll, depending on the platform you're on, to uh, vote uh, which one of these decks is the best. Which you know which one of these decks would you play? Who brought the best deck? Who defended it best? Um, and you know we want to get that that user interaction, and and we will announce uh, in a future episode. You know which which person brought the best deck uh, to the competition today. So if you're listening to this, uh, either the day the episode comes out or within the first couple of days, we will run kind of this voting for a couple of days. We'll give people a chance to make sure that uh, they can vote and, and make their, their opinion heard here. And then we will announce out of uh, Andy and Paper who who won this first uh, deck face-off. So that, that's how we will proceed. So make sure to go check that out and make sure to uh, to let us know what you think. With that being said, 
Uh, before we, we close out here, I would just love to just take a couple of minutes um, and give you each a chance to uh, just give us your, your impressions. Andy, we've had you on, on an episode previously, but it has been a couple of weeks. Paper, this is our, your first time being on. Uh, and this can just be a conversation with all three of us. Uh, maybe we'll just spend, you know, three to five minutes here. I just love to hear now that you guys have had, you know, even more weeks with the game, more time, et cetera. You guys are into pool three of cards, et cetera. You know, what are your impressions? What are your concerns? What are your hopes for the game, et cetera? Um, Paper, if you would just want to kick us off your station, you know, what are your what are your thoughts about the game? How are you enjoying the game right now? I've pretty much only played this game uh, for the past, well, since I got into the first wave of the closed beta, I'm just, I'm completely obsessed. Um, I do have a, a few concerns recently with the the meta being kind of stale and the the adjustments not being able to be made to cards has been in problematic for me. Um, I feel like, I mean, they've had this game in an alpha it's currently in a beta. They should have the ability to change their cards through patches, but apparently that's been the issue with them not being able to provide a patch up to this point. I think we're a month into the closed beta at this point. Um, so the Nova fatigue has hit me pretty hard. I've been trying to run decks without Nova since this new season has started. Um, and it's, I mean, I know my deck that I included here has Nova in it, but it's a destroy deck. It's kind of part of what it's supposed to do. But just him being thrown into pretty much every deck has been pretty annoying for me, to say the least. Um, I'll say on stream, I usually don't like forfeit right away. But when I'm not streaming, I will forfeit a game if I see somebody play a Nova into a cloning bats or something and I don't have armor. Like if they do that like turn one or two. Um, that's pretty much been my main gripe with the game. Uh, progression, I've spent some money on the game. So... Um, I'm up to collection level, I think five nine or nine fifty-seven at this point. Um, so obviously, if you spend money, you'll progress much faster. Right now, I'm trying to chase these cards for this Deadpool deck that I really want to make. Um, but I, I am very curious to see how the future of the game shapes up with Nexus events um, and how card unlocking becomes easier for players in the future because it's a huge concern in the community right now. And I feel like it's something that needs to be addressed, whether that means shrinking down the progression a little bit so we get all the cards sooner or, you know, shuffling up or letting us target cards or something. I'm not sure what the solution is there, but it's definitely been a big concern of mine as well as what seems like the majority of the community. But overall, the gameplay loop is fantastic in this game. Um, I find myself queuing well beyond the times when I think I should be getting off the computer, well beyond the times I should be stopping using my devices. The game is just extremely addicting. And I love Marvel, so I will play this game until it dies, probably. Um, so yeah, it's my take well, on the game. Well, awesome. I, you know, I wanted to just mention a couple of things you, you brought up, and Andy, I'm, I'm curious your thoughts on this, too. You know, you talk about the uh, the kind of the stale meta, etc. Um, I know their eventual plan, at least I you guys correct me if I'm wrong or you think I've misheard this. I remember them saying, you know, their hope is to kind of like new location every week, new, uh, which they, you know, they have been doing actually in the beta uh, and new card eventually, like a new card every week. Right. Um, do you think that'll qualm a lot of the concerns about like the, me the, the meta getting stale? 
just obviously this isn't like other card games where you maybe have hundreds and hundreds or thousands of cards or you know hundreds of cards get dropped in big patches etc right um do you think that'll be a good way to keep the meta fresh um you know obviously we've got like wave this month but that's one card but do you think just kind of the the slow drip feed of like one card a week but it's always kind of changing things do you guys think that'll that'll be good for the overall meta of the game okay so first i i just want to say this podcast and this deck face off like totally refreshing the game for me i mean i challenged myself to make a deck that wasn't in the meta currently but within a pool of cards generally speaking yes if you pay for money you're going to complete your collection faster but two i mean if you're playing in a pool one deck of cards you probably make it almost a diamond if you're playing in a pool two deck of cards you know probably make it to almost galactic um it's really about the skill of the game when we were talking about counters for deck you got a third of the deck being the locations will counter you a third of the um is what your opponent might play to counter you and the other third is what you're going to play do you do your cards need to come out in a special order anything like that and if the goal is to reduce the amount of counters in this changing meta um there was a time when the nova uh, meta didn't exist and people are starting to counter it now it's not nearly as strong matter of fact you're almost better not running it anymore um but that's that's what i've really loved about this is because people complain about the meta but you have to go out there and change it if you want it to be different there's definitely uh options available um and then as far as like the game getting stale and the patching and stuff i agree that the game probably should be patched at some point but you also have to remember that a lot of this game hasn't even been released yet i mean there are things that were in the alpha that are not currently released in the beta obviously it's not like something that could be spoken of but before they patch anything, I think that it's important to let the original game get its full wheels. Um, they can take all this time to prepare it. Because remember, if you're patching this game, where are you patching it? In the pool one cards, in the pool two cards? You know, obviously, at some point down the line, you could see like uh, what Hearthstone did, was, which was removing cards from Classic. So maybe they have a mode where you can play with all the cards but uh some cards are removed from ladder play i mean i think it's too early to say um the meta is stale i think it's too early because no one's been playing this game long enough to know all the different combinations once i mean once you're unlocking that like you know i mean where you are almost close to a thousand the deck flexibility changes completely so i i, I think it i think as a game that has a lot of legs to run on this is this is the game and they have all this time to really make sure that they don't mess it up when they do patch it because games can go down the tube so fast remember this is free content from a you know the guy that made hearthstone you know <laughs> like it's it's i mean it's it's okay to spend some money on it you know um but that being said, uh, I'm, I'm, uh, that's, that's my opinion on the meta. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. Um, I agree with what you said. I mean, I'll, I'll just say this. I know I, I, I try to follow the, the discord, the discourse on Twitter, on the, on the Reddit, et cetera. 
just to try to get a feel for where people are at. And obviously with any gaming community, you're going to have people all over the map, right? You're going to have the loud voices that are concerned. And I'm not saying that there aren't valid concerns. I think there are some valid concerns, some things that, you know, until we see the full product, you know, people are going to have questions and that, and that's okay. But one thing I think for me is that, um, you know, I, I don't know if I think the uh, progression, how things slow down is my favorite. I don't know all of my feelings about it yet, but I do like that I'm not going to unlock all the cards in a week or a month, right? I don't know, you know, people have different opinions about how fast people should unlock cards in free versus paid, et cetera, et cetera. But I do like that it's going to take me some time to unlock cards because like we've been talking about, we had this deck face off, right? We've talked about building decks, building strategies. I like that I'm going to be encouraged to experiment, right? Because, uh, you know, this week I may get a couple more cards I didn't have before, right? And it may not be the ones I was expecting and I may see what I can build around it, right? Um, and I think that's something special they're trying to create. Yes, there's maybe some pieces missing as far as Nexus events and, uh, you know, maybe once they get into their cadence of releasing a card every week, right? There's these things that we don't know exactly how they're going to play out. But I, but I have a lot of hope. I have a lot of faith. And I think, I think overall, uh, you know, we're going to be in a good spot. Um, so I'm excited about it. Well, uh, with that all being said, this is a great, great conversation, great deck face off. I'm excited to see who won. Uh, I think you guys did both a great job. So before we go, as always, I'd like to give you guys each chance to uh, just tell the listeners where they can find you, how they can best support the, the great content you both are putting out uh, frequently uh, and just, you know, uh, how they can support you overall. So paper, we'll give it to you first. Uh, just tell the listeners where they can find you, how they can support you and what kind of content you're putting out right now. Yeah. So my Marvel snap content currently is solely on Twitch. Um, I haven't started exporting VODs onto YouTube at all yet. I'm not sure if I'm doing that, but you can find my Twitch at twitch.tv slash paper with two R's. So it's just P A P E R R. Um, the best way to support me would just be to follow me. I'm not asking for subs or anything. Um, I stream pretty, I stream probably every other day at this point, but I do work a full-time job during the day. So it's usually not until after 5 PM Pacific time. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm streaming pretty consistently, uh, at this point and yeah, in the future, um, I am actually hoping to do some YouTube content, um, but at the moment, my grind is currently taking over. I'm just trying to get to infinite. So, um, but yeah, I, I'm looking forward to to streaming some more and uh, experimenting with some more decks and everything. Especially, I mean, I can't stop thinking about this Deadpool deck. It's ruining my life right now that I don't have the cards. Well, awesome, awesome. Thank you again for being here, Paper, and thanks for giving. Uh, the listeners, uh, the information of where they can find you. Uh, Andy, let's turn it back over to you. Just tell the listeners where they can find you, how they can support you. Okay, so my uh, usernames, I am Andy Rich. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram. Um, again, yeah, the follow's cool, but also come on in and like help me make decks. It's This is the best part of the game. Uh, but also, Instagram, don't update as much, but... Uh, I post all the films I'm in, so I've got a couple of movies, Amazon Prime uh, coming out, and uh, Disney FX also releasing a couple of indie films, a lot of stuff. Uh, if you follow me there, you can find out when I'm doing these things. So, Awesome. Yeah, would love to support you in the other content you're doing, and uh, you're doing all things, and, and I'm sure on some future episode, I'd love to hear about the band more, and I'm sure the listeners would too. So 
With that all being said, listeners, as always, we really appreciate you being here. Make sure to follow us on Twitter. Make sure to look out for that uh, that poll and the contest we are going to be to vote on, you know, whose deck kind of won the day today. Uh, but with that all being said, thanks for tuning in and make sure to follow the podcast so you don't miss any episode. Thanks. Can't Stop Snapping is a podcast written, produced, recorded, and hosted by Michael Thurman. Thanks for listening.